Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin, weekday mornings from 9. Tasmania Talks, talking tech with Trevor Long. An absolute pleasure to have a chat to this gentleman uh, in Sydney at the moment, Mr Trevor Long from EFTM.com. Trev, good morning. Good morning. Mate, it's a, a pleasure to go to your website. And I urge everyone have a look at that, EFTM.com, as well as all the goodies that are there, which is always handy. Some more Optus information. This is not going away, and I received a, um, an email from a gentleman, let's just say first name, Caden, who was actually, uh, he lost his, uh, yeah, all his uh, driver's licence was exposed, all of that, and Optus sent through a, a dear customer. We recently communicated to you that your personal information has been exposed during the cyber attack on Optus. They're not really offering... Uh, a lot of uh, security, are they, with all of that? They even suggest you can download the MyOptus app. I'd be dangerous. I'd be worried about downloading any damn thing. Well, I'll tell you what, that's a silly thing to recommend. For former customers like me who got the email, I was only a customer for two months while I was testing it, uh, you know, when I was comparing some telcos a couple of years ago, I can't log into the MyOptus app. I don't, I'm not an Optus customer. And so I've oh. got to sit on the phone for hours to talk to them. The the whole approach here is shambolic. Um they're very impersonal, you know, not really um, caring. I mean, I, they keep saying they're sorry, and I genuinely believe they are, but just the way they're communicating with their customers is, is, is not resonating with customers, and it's forcing customers to think, well, you know what, I'm, I've had a gutful, I'm leaving. And uh, I think that's fascinating because, you know, <laughs> the horse has bolted, your data's gone, there's no point leaving, but it would send a clear message to Optus because you don't think for a second they don't have a big screen up on the wall that tells them how many people have moved telcos today. Mm. Um, and if that number is higher than normal, it will have a big red number next to it. And I think that's, that's an important thing for them to see, that their handling of this is not going down well with customers. In fact, I had a lady, um, I spoke to a lady just, just minutes ago for my podcast this weekend. You know, she, she's a lovely lady, and she said, look, I've never had a problem with Optus. They've, you know, their service is great. But just this last week, the way they've treated me, I'm ready to go. And it's it's staggering how that impact can can really affect customers. Well, it is. And as EFTM.com on your website does say, um, you know, they, they've stopped sending any media, stopped doing any media announcements, only updating their website with new information and, uh, and, and or else telling you to go to optusnet.com.au. But, I mean, all of that, as you've said, is uh, the email address. It's naive and misguided. And you look at what the uh, Reserve Bank of Australia, they're all now going, hang on, this is a worry. They've actually said they're upgrading the IT and cloud-based systems to shield operations in, as they've called it, event of a crisis or incident. Well, it's about time they thought about that, the Reserve Bank of Australia. And the federal government, uh, the minister, has warned Australia must change its cyber security rules to avoid future leaks similar to the Optus nightmare. I'm thinking... Uh, look, look, that's all admirable, Mike, but the problem is you can't avoid it. I'll be honest, we need to be ready this will happen again. Will it happen on this scale? Probably not. Will it happen in government? Mm. Maybe not, because they're even stricter security there. But, you know, what we need is is imposing fines that, that scare companies into spending more on cyber security. Uh, and we need a better response. And I believe, and I wrote about this uh, uh, yesterday or the day before, I believe the government needs to implement a you know, kind of on-off switch for our credit, because the biggest risk here is identity fraud. And I think that people should be able to turn off the availability of credit under their name at a government level. It shouldn't be up to me to subscribe to a credit agency who can turn these things off. 
it should be something I have control over that, that means that my identity won't be stolen. Yeah, I think that's a great idea and it's very sensible, but it's more common sense. And you, you wonder why they've all said, hang on, all this information is out and we've kept it for so long, even old, uh, you know, the customers like yourself, even though you were just checking it. I had a caller, Patrick from Devallon. He wants to know how the password information was actually found as if companies can retrieve that data from research hackers could get into even easier so it's, it should be clear, Optus passwords have not been um, obtained. So no user information like passwords or credit card details have been obtained. obtained. Um, but they can reverse engineer that by, by asking you questions in your email and try and get your password. The bigger issue is, is how did the hack happen in the first place? And we'll probably never know. Um, you know, it's not like someone, a hacker, got access to a password at Optus. It's more likely it was an open door they walked through. So there's a lot still to unpack about this over the many months ahead, I'm tipping. I think in many months. I know that uh, international professional services firm Deloitte are going to conduct uh, the review of Optus security systems, controls and processes. Gee, that'll be watch this space. Um, uh, but- look, Optus already know what went wrong, let's be clear. Yeah. They, just, they just need an external company to validate what they're doing next so that big business doesn't, have, uh, doesn't leave Optus in droves because of this problem. Yeah, I agree. It's just, it's, I've had so many people that are so very confused about it. I wish Optus were yep. a little bit better at communicating. And that sounds so dreadful in itself. Tell me, let's move on to Amazon. has got some new devices. We all love our new devices. I particularly love the reading. I mean, uh, Kindle is a, is a great idea. And I was uh, taking notes off EFTM.com about the new Kindle book reader. Yeah, look, it's very nice. This is called the, the Kindle Scribe. And the mm. Scribe, because it comes with a pen that you can write on the screen. So not only can you read, but you can make notes. Now, they might be annotations on a book. It might be a, a journal you're reading. But also, you can just have a blank page and make your own notes. So the Kindle becomes more than just an e-book reader. That one's brand new, coming uh, next month, the end of next month in Australia. It'll be $550. Tell you what, it's a good idea, though, and writing on I love it. With, and with uh, apparently um, offering months of battery life. And that's what Kindles do. You know, the beautiful mm. thing about e-ink, which is the screen technology, is it's not as power-draining as your standard tablet. So they do last for a very long time. You could go on a world trip for, for months and never have to charge your Kindle and just read books every day. <laughs> Gosh, I love that idea. Don't you? Tell me about um, Rise. This is really interesting, the new bedside sleep tracker. I was reading on EFTM.com. Yeah. Interesting. This one, we haven't got a date or a price for Australia, but I, I wouldn't expect it more than a couple hundred dollars. It sits on your bedside and it monitors your sleep. It uses sensors, not cameras, to monitor your sleep and reports back. So you've got a daily report on how well you've been sleeping and that allows you to, to better assess how you approach bedtime because sleep's the most important thing in your day. It gives you the energy for the next day. So this one from Amazon will also wake you up with music in the morning. It's got a little clock on it as well. So a nice little product coming soon from Amazon. I love the fact, uh, again, I was reading on your website about the, it, it uses contactless low energy sensor technology and machine learning to track the sleep of the person in bed closest to it, ignoring any sleeping partners or pets also in the bed. Yeah. I love Pretty it. cool. I mean, <laughs> if you've got a big dog, maybe uh, maybe it'll have some problems, but I think it'll be okay. And also, the uh, tell me about the uh, the Echo Studio Dot Plus Clock Auto. Gosh. Yeah, there's a bunch of new Amazon Echo speakers. Um, the, the studio's a large speaker. There's a new smaller version. Uh, the new clock version has a smaller uh, screen that allows them to give you more information on the screen. Um, and then the new Amazon Auto is Amazon Alexa for your car. So a lot of new products coming from Amazon. 
over the months ahead. And uh, and finally, um, Vodafone TPG have confirmed that they're going to be switching off their 3G mobile network 15th of December 2023. It's a while ago, so it gives plenty of time to prepare. But are there many people still using 3G? I suppose there would be a few. You might not know it, and I think that's why we all need to know about this so that we can talk to our friends and family. You might have a family member who uses a really simple phone, it's not even mm. a smartphone. That might be 3G. So I need you to talk to your friends and family about that and also any other devices that use the mobile network that might not be phones. So they might be alert bracelets or alarms, things that use a mobile SIM card that might be 3G only. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah, good call. Okay, keep an eye out, 3G. Trevor, there's a lot to discuss. It's great to go to EFTM.com. It's a great website. Trevor, good to talk to you. I look forward to next week. Pleasure. Talk to you then. You got it. Thank you. Trevor Long, our tech expert with Tasmania Talks. Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin, weekday mornings from 9.